You're listening to the Just Go Bike Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Wyatt, from the Iowa Bicycle Coalition. Now, normally we have T.J. Jeskowitz sitting here beside me or sometimes on the other side of the state, but uh, he's not here this week. Looks like it was his turn for a flat tire. And it also looks like I'm on my own this week, so I get to talk about whatever I want. So this is going to be a little bit fun, and uh, it might be a little bit wonky. I'll warn you in ahead, of, ahead of time, um, because I want to tell you about what the Iowa Bicycle Coalition does. Everybody knows kind of what RAGBRAI is. You know, it's that big bike ride that goes across the state of Iowa, but the Iowa Bicycle Coalition, we're an advocacy organization. We work on uh, bike issues all over the state, and we take care of bicycling, you know, the other weeks of the year. We're a nonprofit 501c3 organization. That means donations and membership are all tax deductible. And we have three full-time staff working on bike issues all the time, year-round. Um, our mission is pretty simple. The Iowa Bicycle Coalition promotes safe and enjoyable bicycling throughout Iowa through education, events, better policy, and growing a community of supporters. Our vision is also fairly simple. Uh, bicycling in Iowa is safe, enjoyable, and accessible for all. That's our big goal. That's what we want to see. You know, when we have bicycling in Iowa that's safe, enjoyable, and accessible for all, that's when we really don't need the Iowa Bicycle Coalition anymore. So that's that's our goal at the end of the tunnel. So that leaves five areas that we really work on. Policy, education, events, communications, and tourism. Those are the five things that that we like to do. So first, let me talk about policy. We advocate for federal, state, and local laws and policies that uh, increase bicycling participation and improve safety through better infrastructure and legal protections. That's a lot of work, but uh, there's two main areas that we concentrate. One is the Department of Transportation, because we can have a big impact on roads and infrastructure across the state. And uh, one of the main things that we're working on with the DOT is their updated bike plan. Now, we haven't had a bike plan since 2000, so we're 17 going on 18 years old for our bike plan. And there's a lot of updates that we need to do, like complete streets policies and all kinds of fun things that are in there. Um, but it's one of those important things that somebody's got to work on, and that's what we do. The other thing that we're probably more well-known for is our work in the legislature, and that's our change lanes to pass policy that we've been working on for some time. It also includes lights on bicycles at night, um, but that's uh, one of the many things that we, uh, that we work on. And there's all kinds of things that come up at the legislature that we need to be there for and we need to be prepared, so we have a team of lobbyists that we work with, and uh, they are our eyes and ears underneath the uh, dome of the Capitol. The second area that we work in is education. We provide educational programs that teach bicycling safety, proper enforcement of bicycle laws, and bicycle-friendly community design. Now, one of the main things that we've always worked on is the Iowa Bicycle Summit. This is a conference. We put on, it for, uh, we put on this conference for engineers, planners, city officials, interested parties, those that want to build more bicycle infrastructure into their communities. And we've been doing this for the uh, since 2004, I believe. Um, and that's been kind of the, the one of the keystone things that, that we've worked on. And every year we get 150 or so planners and engineers that come in and learn about 
what's the latest in, in bicycle facility design? What do I need to know uh, to move bicycling forward? One of our other education programs is Safe Routes to School. This is a program that's funded by the federal government, and uh, its whole aim is to put kids on bikes, get them to school, get them back home from school, and do it safely. A lot of times that's really hard to do because you're changing a lot of attitudes and a lot of making a lot of difference in the community. Uh, so we have a full-time person that just works on that and teaching kids and going out to classrooms and doing bike rodeos. The final education program that we work on and, and we work on really hard is our driver's education program. This is where we have trained volunteers that go out to driver's ed classes to teach new drivers how to safely operate on, around bicycles. That's really important, and that's really a, a big deal if we can train that next generation of motorists to recognize bikes on the road and to be safe around them. Our events area is probably one of the bigger things that we get noticed for, um, we host and support bicycle events that boost bicycling interest, grow the community of bicycling advocates, and fund our mission. So you might know that we put on Bakun or Pigtails or the Grand Gable. And putting more people on bikes is a really important thing that we're doing there. We're trying to grow the community of, of bicycling. But we're also trying to build advocates out of that event. So when we collect your email during that event and we contact you afterwards for um, the legislature and we ask you to contact your state senator or your state representative about a policy issue that's coming up, that's why we do those events. Um, it also funds the, our mission and, and helps us do, uh, to do what we do, uh, but those are organized for a cause. There's a reason behind them. Communications is one of the areas that we also work uh, for. Um, we foster a strategic, coordinated conversation around bicycling in Iowa. One of the top things we do is work on our action alerts. And these are emails that we send out that we want you to take action on. We want you to contact you know, your city hall, your city council, your state legislator, your, your state senator, your state representative, or maybe even... Uh, your federal representative or your fe federal senator. Um, that's really important um, to uh, keep people informed and keep people involved in what's going on. But there's also more that we do. We issue press releases and we work on social media campaigns. In fact, we have a grant in front of the, the DOT commission right now. Uh, hopefully, if this all works out, we'll see $20,000 that we'll be able to spend in advertising about changing lanes to pass people on bicycles. Um, it's not a lot of money, but it's uh, a big difference if we can do a statewide campaign and let people know while they're driving that they should be changing lanes uh, to pass bicycles. Our final area is bike tourism. We promote bicycling as an economic uh, benefit and a tourism attraction for Iowa. The economics is really important to be able to tell that story on how much bicycling is worth. So in 2011, we commissioned the University of Northern Iowa uh, to perform an economic impact study showing bicycling in Iowa is worth, drumroll please, $364.8 million in direct and indirect spending. That's a million dollars per day that bicycling is generating. And that's, that's important. 
Um, so we're working on bicycle tourism to be able to to grow and 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 expand some of those areas uh, that we think are important uh, to get spending into rural areas and rural tourism uh, through bicycling. Now we do all this not really off from from grants and foundations and things like that, although we have some of that, uh, but most of it is member membership and donation based. It's the grassroots people that support the work that we do. We need your support. We need your donations. And this is that time of year where people donate for tax savings and they donate for the end of the year goodwill. If you're not a member of the Iowa Bicycle Coalition or you don't donate to the Iowa Bicycle Coalition, now is a very good time to help us out. This helps us out for the rest of the year to be able to continue Uh, our work at the legislature or DOT to be able to continue our education work at the Iowa bicycle summit or safe routes to school or driver's ed program to be able to help us organize events like Bakun and big tails, but more importantly to take that information and organize it up to get people ready to go in the future. And that means our communications program where we issue action alerts and, and let people know what we're working on. And then finally, for us to be able to put together the numbers as a, as a tourism package and talk about the economics of, of bicycling. So if you're not a member, now is a good time to help us out. Or if you are a member and you want to help out a little bit more, just visit iowabicyclecoalition.org, click on the Join or Donate button, and learn more about how you can help us. Well, that's what I need to tell you about uh, the work that I do. Uh, we got a lot going on on this podcast, and Let's just go bike. Well, hello, Just Go Bike podcast listeners. This is Kathy Murphy, a.k.a. Murph. I'm here today with Todd Young. Hello, Todd, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Sure. A little background. Todd has been doing triathlons for many years and enjoyed it so much, he joined a local team of endurance athletes here in Iowa City called Iowa Heat, and he also started teaching beginner tri classes. I wish you would have been around when I started doing triathlons. (laughs) Well, it works for everybody. You can come back and try it for your next one. Yeah, you're right. You're right. right. Well, on top of all that, he grew up riding on gravel roads, loves uh, gravel riding even today. He used to mountain bike in Colorado. He basically likes all kinds of bicycling. So most recently, he founded Iowa City Gravel, which was a pretty cool race that happened recently that we're going to talk about today. So let's get started. So, Todd, what exactly is gravel riding? Well, gravel riding is something that uh, people really started doing here in the last maybe 10 years, where you get out and you enjoy some of the country roads that we have here through the Midwest. Some of those less traveled roads, you get away from a lot of the city traffic, the stoplights, the stop signs. You can kind of enjoy the scenery a little more because your head's not on such a swivel for all the traffic coming by. So uh, it feels a little bit like a back to basics, and it really is just kind of an enjoyable way to spend a day. And there's tons and tons of gravel roads in Iowa. The Iowa should be the gravel king <laughs> of the world. Uh, there's great gravel roads here. There's varied gravel roads here. We got places that have lots of hills and turns and twists and beautiful scenery and through state parks and everything that uh, really make it an amazing place to ride. 
So when you're doing gravel riding, does it require a special bike? Not really. Um, really, it's really ride what you brung. Um, people prefer to have a little bit bigger tires. Mm-hmm. So maybe your your favorite carbon TT bike is not the one to bring out to mm-hmm. your gravel ride. Um, but if you could fit the, a moderate size 30 to 35 millimeter tire on a bike, mm-hmm. it's probably a good candidate. We got a lot of people that ride uh, steel touring bikes, um, fat bikes, mountain bikes, flat bar bikes, drop bar bikes, really whatever you can think of, you'll see out there riding on a Monday night gravel. Excellent. I know my one of my first experiences gravel riding, I was on my steel touring bike and it does have really big tires, but it wasn't I was fighting the mental game of like, oh my God, these rocks are moving while I pedal. So it was it was a, a challenge, but a good challenge. And I was so excited when I was done. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's amazing because you just, if you could drop a little bit of air pressure out of your tires, they'll roll over the rocks instead uh, yeah. of shooting them all over the place. Yeah. And then it's just a matter of relaxing and uh, allowing the bike to take a lot of those gravel uh, little gravel hits and then yeah. it becomes a, a totally different experience. And you're right. Cause the rocks were shooting out the sides of my bike. That you, so I knew. I, yeah. Those sounds as, a, as an experienced gravel rider, you say, Hey, you know, just put a little tire, <laughs> out, little air out of your tires. You may slow down a little bit. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, gravel biking seems to be gaining popularity or at least I'm seeing it a ton more. Why do you think that is? Well, I really think there's a, a broad appeal to a lot of different types of bicyclists. Um, endurance athletes really, uh, once you get on a gravel road, you, a lot of the races are set up for ours, especially is like 100 kilometers or 100 miles. There's 200 mi- uh, mile endurance races. Um, so the endurance athletes that maybe want to get out there and really see how far and how long they can go really enjoy it. Adventure cyclists like the fact that you get to go out and experience the the, the lay of the land around. Um, you get to go see different things. Um, and also even for road, road cyclists, you know, once you're in an area like this and you do the same loop over and over again, having new opportunities to come out your front door and try a completely different course is sure. really interesting. So, and then uh, mountain bikers like the varied road conditions. Mm-hmm. They love the fact that, you know, you might be going down a really muddy B road one time and then the next thing you know, you're going to be going down a fairly packed in, uh, almost gravel or almost uh, cement like gravel mm-hmm. road. Mm-hmm. So I think it really does appeal to a lot of different bikers. Excellent. Well, what sort of gravel bicycle events have you participated in? Um, well, uh, probably my first one was uh, Gravel Metric over in DeKalb, Illinois. Mm-hmm. It's just a 100-kilometer ride that was done for charity. Um, and then, of course, every year on Ragbri, I enjoy their Gravel Loop since it's been yeah. in, in, uh, brought into place. Uh, one of the local rides I just love is Rad Tour, which used to be a culinary ride. They... Uh, they do such a great job of bringing people out on the gravel roads and to the local farms to enjoy food. And really, it's just a wonderful way to spend a day. and um, really highlights how bicycling can be a community effort. Um, and then the one I probably do the most is our, there's a Monday night gravel group that leaves out a world of bikes here locally in Iowa City. Oh, okay. Um, pretty much every Monday through the summer, a group of people get together and go out and just explore the local gravel around here. Hmm. I uh, was able to participate in Rad Tour this year, and from beginning to end, that was a great, well-run bicycle ride, plus all the great food. It was was neat to see the side of Iowa. Yeah, and I know that uh, Audrey, who runs that, really uh, likes to challenge people to get a little bit outside of their comfort zone and experience something a little different, and I think that's a hallmark of a great event. Mm -hmm, Definitely. So you are the founder and director of Iowa City Gravel. Um, maybe tell the listeners a little bit about that event and some highlights of it. 
Well, um, as we mentioned, there's a lot of gravel rides around. Uh, gravel rides around locally. Grand Gable had one. Uh, Jingle Cross has a gravel event. But what we were lacking here, I felt like, in Iowa City was an actual race. Mm-hmm. Uh, and racing brings a whole different dynamic to uh, a ride. You can ride the same course, but when you do it with 100 or 200 other people, and you know you have to do it on that day, no matter what the weather conditions sure. are, uh, really makes it a unique challenge. And it, uh, it does add some uh, some pride into being able to finish it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why we decided that Iowa City Gravel would be a good way to not only encourage people to get out and ride some of the gravel roads that we have around here, but also um, when weather raises her, Mother Nature has her say, say, nope, we're still going to ride this ride, and it's going to really challenge you, um, which has happened this year. Is We had an inch of rain the night before, and every one of our um, – one of our stops ended up having to have a bicycle wash available because people oh, were so really? loaded up with mud and it made it almost impossible. There was a lot of what they call hiker bike, which is the mud was so thick and so heavy that it, you, it was better to pick your bike up and walk across the mud oh, wow. versus trying to ride through it. Um, and another weekend, it could be the wind would make the difference or mm-hmm. the heat even in October could make a difference. So um, racing really kind of, makes every an event uh kind of heightens everything around it mm-hmm. so and i would assume if you're into gravel riding you're expecting the terrain to be different every time you go like whether it's new gravel or muddy or it, well exactly i know one of our local riders was talking about the course um and he said these are roads that i love to ride and these are courses that i want to do almost every weekend the difference is is most days like that i would never have attempted them but oh, because yeah. it was a race and because it was the course, I had to go down those roads. And it was, an, it was a completely eye-opening experience for him. I saw a couple of photographs on social media. It's just like a huge long hill and one cyclist with a bike on his shoulder and just mud everywhere. It, it really was a great thing. Um, you know, the first time we ran this race and we wanted to make it a challenging race. Uh, you know, we wanted to put a bunch of mixes of gravel in there. We've had some flat fast places we have some places that have some hills to contend with we have a lot of muddy back roads and stuff like that to enjoy and uh one of the things we did consider was should we make it easier with the rain conditions and stuff and we decided not to and i think it was really was something that people that had participated really enjoyed uh putting themselves to that challenge they look forward to maybe doing it again and uh you know the people that won it really have something that they can be proud of. Oh, sure. And I I was just going to ask that. So 2017 was your first Iowa City gravel event. Do you think you'll do it again? Uh, Yeah, we actually are going to be doing it. I believe the date is October 28th next year. Oh, nice. Good. And uh, yeah, we're, we had, uh, we aimed for about 50 people to sign up for the first time because we just had never done an event like this. We ended up with 97 people registered. And uh, next year we're hoping for maybe around 250. That's great. That's great. You'll have to really talk me into it if I'm going to do it. That's well, we we put that metric <laughs> course in there just for you. You know <laughs> that you don't have to go 100 miles, just 100 <laughs> kilometers, and you, and you got all day. Nice, nice. <laughs> so, how and when did you get into bicycling? Do you remember? Well, I uh, grew up on farms here in Iowa and up in Wisconsin, and for a kid my age, you know, 13 to 16, it was just transportation, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, getting out to see your friends or going out and doing something on the weekend. It was nothing to go ride 30 miles on the gravel roads just to get around. Um, And then 
after that, I kind of was out in Colorado and really was mountain biking because obviously it was spectacular out there. Um, and then back in about 2007, I reignited my love with bicycling through triathlon, mm-hmm. uh, getting out and training and remembering how great those times were to get out and just enjoy being on the bike. Um, you know, has led to multiple rag brides mm-hmm. and all kinds of fun stuff that mm-hmm. I now do on the bicycle. Definitely cool. Um, well, do you have any must-see places in Iowa that maybe you've biked that you'd want to tell listeners about? You know, it, it's an Iowa thing, but it really, it is ragbri. Mm-hmm. It's not all, it's it's not one particular spot in Iowa. It's just the ten to 40,000 people <laughs> out on the road having a good time. It's a, play, it's a thing that I firmly believe can only be done in Iowa mm-hmm. um, because the mix of people is right the traffic level is right. Mm-hmm. The infrastructure is there to be able to get all the way across Iowa, some plot, you know, like not in Min- Northern Minnesota, sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it, it's just a great time. And it's uh, a tradition that I think is something every bicyclist around the world should try. I wholeheartedly agree. Wholeheartedly. Well, another tradition with Ragbri, everyone, especially people that come from out of the state, talk about how great the pie is on Ragbri. So do you have a favorite pie? I do have a favorite pie. Unfortunately, you cannot get it on Ragbri unless it comes through Corville, and then maybe you can talk my wife into making you one. <laughs> but she makes an amazing in the summer uh, tomato pie, which is, has a biscuit crust and fresh tomatoes and uh, a savory uh, dressing with bacon and all kinds of good Holy stuff on cow. it. It's it's a really good thing. So yum! You should have brought a piece this morning to. So I could explain to the listeners while well, I enjoy Well, you know, the tomatoes really aren't in season. <laughs> yeah, I'll bring right. one down next summer. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. Well, thank you so much, Todd, for joining us today on the podcast. And I'd like to leave you with this quote from the Unwritten Book of Morphology. This quote comes from Ashley's First Law. If you can't learn to do it well, you should learn to enjoy doing it badly. Think about it. And welcome to the Thanksgiving edition of Parrot Talk. This is your host, Andrea Parrot. And I will mention that although I am a parrot, I do love turkey. So don't tell my turkey cousins how I feel. Um, it's not really being a cannibal, though, because turkeys and parrots are really in different types of birds. You know, large and mostly flightless versus, you know, colorful and flying around in the jungle. I don't know. Anyway, that's how I choose to think about it. Um, Anyway, so uh, for this episode of Parrot Talk, I was going to try to find an article um, to talk about what kind of foods for Thanksgiving are best for cyclists. What can you eat in Thanksgiving that will give you the edge as a cyclist um, beneficially or as a negative? Um, But really, the only type of articles I found out there were about if you eat this, you have to cycle X number of miles to burn off the calories. Um, truly, I don't really care about that stuff. You know, um, I am one of those people who just will eat whatever the heck I want on Thanksgiving. Because isn't that the point? I mean, that's one of the reasons why it's one of my favorite holidays. It's in my top two, probably. Well, maybe top four. Christmas, Thanksgiving, Halloween, my birthday. Maybe not in that order, though. Anyway, so um, 
so I guess I'm just going to kind of wing it. Ha <laughs> ha. Wing it. Get it? Um, so eat as much as you want on Thanksgiving. Um, there's always time to go for a bike ride. Uh, do an extra ride on the trainer when you get home. Um, my family does this insane thing where we get up before sunrise and go on a fun run throughout um, on a cross-country course um, in Iowa City in Hickory Hill Park. Um, and it is always so cold and it's like four miles. So it seems like forever to me, who's not a runner. Um, and we burn off some free calories that way. Um, but I assure you we more than make up for it later. Um, so there's, you can deal with it later. Don't worry about it. Unless you're on a really specific health-based diet. Um, just cut yourself some slack on Thanksgiving. Um, beyond that, I mean, okay, think about it. Turkey, protein. And I think it's lean protein. And if it's not, don't tell me, okay? So eat your turkey, you know? That's good for you. That is pure muscle food right there. Um, moving on, we get the green beans. You get your cranberries. You get your carrots. You get your mashed potatoes. All fruits and vegetables. That's all good for you. You know, not, your mom can't say anything about that. Um, gravy, another story. But you kind of can't have mashed potatoes without gravy and mashed potatoes, again, are a vegetable. So that, that'll get you your vitamins, your minerals, um, all the essentials that you're going to need to be a superstar on your bicycle. Um, moving on, we come to my specialty, which is cornbread. Um, I really like to make cornbread. Um, my favorite recipe comes out of the cookbook called The Joy of Cooking. Um, it's kind of a basic cornbread recipe. I use stone ground uh, cornmeal. Uh, one year I used like four jalapenos and nobody else ate my cornbread because it was so spicy. But, uh, so I've kind of stopped doing that. Um, I make just normal cornbread that you put honey on, blah, blah, blah. Um, corn, FYI, vegetable, or if you consider it a grain, you need carbs to give you energy. So there you go. Um, you know, and if you People are always like, oh, don't drink too much alcohol, too many calories, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, I will remind you that red wine is an antioxidant. And you're supposed to drink like a glass of wine at dinner every day or something like that. So, you know, keep that in mind. Um, it's really just a palate cleanser. And then you get to my absolute favorite part of Thanksgiving. The pie. It's all about the pie. And that's part of the other, you know... If you need to curb your eating in any way, only do so so that you can make sure you have enough room for pie. Um, you know, with whipped cream, probably. You know, just putting that out there. So uh, I really probably need to reveal to you that I do not like pumpkin pie. Um, it's just not my favorite. I mean, I love all kinds of pies, okay? But in the realm of the pie world, pumpkin is not my favorite. Um, but that's okay because there's usually about 20 different kinds of pies at my family's Thanksgiving and I'm not exaggerating. Um, although if you do like pumpkin pie, pumpkin, I don't know if it's a vegetable or is a gourd a vegetable? I mean, it's a, something that you grow in your garden that's healthy for you. I mean, uh, 99% of the time. So great. Um, my specialty is baking blueberry pie. Because as someone who doesn't always like to eat pumpkin pie, I need to provide an alternative. And so I love to make blueberry pie, probably with a lattice top, although I'm kind of thinking about doing a closed top with a pattern on it. 
Um, love to hear your opinions on that. Hit me up at Andrea underscore Ragbri at Twitter. Um, so yeah, blueberry pie. Um, you know, and blueberries are like a super fruit. So can't hold back on those. I mean, you wouldn't be want to be missing out on any antioxidants or vitamins or sugar for that matter. Um, so, you know, and if you really feel like you're being unhealthy with your Thanksgiving meal, have a glass of water. That'll make you feel good. You got to stay hydrated for biking um, or for any other sport for that matter. Um, so that's basically my Thanksgiving food rundown. And I'm so hungry right now, even though I just ate lunch. Um, so I'll be dreaming about that for the next two days or whatever till Thanksgiving. Not that anyone's counting. Um, uh, do you guys have any good fun Thanksgiving traditions? Uh, beyond the fun run, my family does a Euchre tournament every year. Um, I didn't win last year, but a couple years ago, my grandma and I won uh, the Euchre tournament. Um, it was pretty awesome. But it's very competitive in our family. And that does burn calories, too, because, you know, there's a lot of, you know fighting over who who played what, you know, table talk, um, you know, flipping the table, 52-card pickup, whatever. Um, and then you have to bask in the glory if you do win. And if you don't win, then you have to give the winner glory. Anyway, so now I'm just rambling. Um, really excited about Thanksgiving. Uh, I would love to hear your thoughts on Thanksgiving nutrition um, for cyclists or if you really don't care. Or um, if there's anything else you want to hear me talk about. Um, for now, I'm going to sign off and I'm going to go daydream about Thanksgiving food at my desk for another couple hours. Um, if you want to talk to me, you can get a hold of us at Just Go Bike on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Or again, if you want to talk to me specifically, you can reach out to me on Twitter at ragbright underscore Andrea. And have a great turkey day. the end of another just go bike podcast i want to thank our sponsors who helped put this together think iowa city and its curious surrounding communities bikes to you one of the best bike shops in a rag bride charter and primal wear if you're looking for custom bike jerseys shorts and accessories primal wear out of denver colorado is your best bet you can find our show notes at justgobike.net what do you want to talk about on this show? Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Just Go Bike. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us feedback and join us next week for more. Hey, on our way out, I want to give you a quote from Charles Schultz. Life is like a 10-speed bicycle. Most of us have gears we never use. Just Go Bike. Thanks again for listening. Let us know what you think of the show by leaving a rating and a review. They really help us out a lot and help others find the show. For more information, check out justgobike.net.
The show's theme song was written, produced, and performed by Ryan Steer.